This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back, Geek Gab, for Saturday, March 30th, 2019. And uh, once again, reminding the audience that we are living in the future. This is Blade Running Year and uh, several other movies that uh, since we did the show last, I thought, man, maybe I ought to look them up. And then later I thought, it's okay, I'm not going to. Um, because that's the kind of high energy host I am when it comes to looking stuff up for you. I thought, eh, I'll do something else. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we have a couple things to talk about real quick. We have a great, great, great guest host on the air. Um, and they will be here in mere moments. But I wanted to do two things real quick. The first one of this, and uh, I just found this out by an account I follow on Twitter. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the live-action film, premiered in theaters 29 years ago today. March 30th, 1990. So congratulations to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I enjoyed as a lot when I was younger. And maybe I just don't enjoy it now. I just haven't seen it in a long time. The other thing, someone on Twitter was asking in a really just a stupid way I don't even want to go deeply into. I just want to touch on the answer. Uh, because it was my answer, and it was, of course, brilliant. Um, it was as brilliant as a bright star shining truth across all the planets in its orbit. This person asked, do you personally ever include escorts slash sex workers in your tabletop games? Now, he's talking to DM, uh, to Dungeon Masters, right? And this is what I had to say in response. Here it comes. If your evil emperor doesn't have concubines, if your tavern doesn't have wenches, if your nobles don't call upon courtesans, if wealthy men don't have mistresses, if your French quarter doesn't have soiled doves, and if your rampaging armies don't have camp followers, you have failed. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to spend time on that. I'm not saying that needs to come up in play ever. All I'm saying is that all of those things exist and they ought to exist in the world because they're interesting and they give options for gameplay. By the way, this goes for writers as well. These things ought to be in stories where appropriate and you can say well it doesn't come into my story that's fine as long as you're aware that they exist in the world that's great it would feel artificial uh, i have one question sure okay so i'm kind of it's funny that you brought this up because just this morning i was reading a long discussion on the catholic wives and mothers group where someone was like so, um so my adult nephew introduced my son to D D. what should i do and like half the responses is burn it half is like it's an imagination game it's fine so if it's like small children playing D D, would you just skip over that little fact of, like the concubines and stuff if they don't really like know what that is yeah I mean, the, the way to DM kids is the way that Robert Heinlein wrote his juveniles, which he said was to write the absolutely best science fiction novel possible and then cut out all the sex. That sounds great. <laughs> That's how I would DM for kids. Sounds like fun. Yeah. That, that reminds me, uh, Monty Cook of Dungeons & Dragons uh, 3 fame actually wrote a, a child's introductory role-playing game called No Thank You Evil. <laughs> it's, it's a great name. And I have, I have a purely anecdotal uh, review for it. I told my coworker about that because he knows I love gaming. He's, he's like, John, I have a couple of, of young girls. Um, how do I, you know, what kind of games can I play with them? I told him about No Thank You Evil. He came back a couple months later. He said, John, that was great. We all loved it. Oh, awesome. So there you go. Two two little girls somewhere in Western Washington loved it. Uh, um, 
I just want to give a couple of quick examples. People replying to my tweet on Twitter, um, they made some examples. And if you can just take these examples as specific instances of the general rule and uh, apply them whatever you want. Um, one guy says, uh, Arctic Dragon says, there's nothing like seeing your players' faces when they realize that their patron is actually the madam of a high-class brothel and also a well-connected mafioso. You don't have to dwell on the sex or the prostitution or anything, but people who exist in the criminal underworld can be interesting and they can provide a lot of opportunities for role-playing. Uh, or for story opportunities for writers. And, and for characters, like depending on what your character is or what they think and like the different dynamics of different characters and how they would react to the situation would be interesting. Um, exactly. And uh, the last thing before we move on, uh, one of the other people who responded said, meanwhile, the sweaty doxy scratching herself in the alley can introduce them to the half-orc who runs a tar heroin den. <laughs> It's just these things exist and they're part of the criminal underworld. And so they're kind of expected. And once again, like with Robert Heinlein and the science fiction stories, you don't have to dwell on the sex, you don't have to dwell on the prostitution, but just knowing that, oh, hey, there's a noble with a well-cultured woman who is highly educated, who is extremely beautiful and wears gorgeous clothing and has really, really finely made jewelry. In the back of your mind, you can think, well, she's a courtesan, for nobles, you don't have to bring that out at the table, but just knowing who that person is informs what they do, and that makes everything more interesting. It adds texture to the world. And that's why if you're not at least cognizant that these things exist, you are cheating your players and you're cheating yourself. Yes, I am done now. Do I have to do that now? Do I have to put a stop sign out? That was actually a really clear ending. We, we yes. just wanted to let it, we needed to let it land though. Okay. It, was, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't dead air, it was a beat. Uh, beats, gotta have them beats along exactly. with Exactly. So, so let, me, let me introduce our special guest because uh, Daddy Warpig's promised uh, surprise hasn't appeared yet. Um, normally on this show, we bring on authors who've released new things or are kickstarting uh, their new works that that uh, and and we like to promote that because all the people that we talk to are really great. This is sort of a, a special case because uh, on the show we've got uh, A. M. Freeman, who's uh, an author, friend of the show, um, one of the superversive uh, SF SF writers, and uh, but she's got this. Uh, it's an anthology she's putting together for charity. And so this is sort of a this is sort of more important than just hey I've got a new book out. Um, uh, yeah. so welcome to the show. Wait, Thank you. Happy to be here. A surprise. Sorry. When did I promise? I'm always a surprise. I'm a surprise because you never know what I'll say. Hey, we we've already discovered that in the green room. It's been fun already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some things just come out of my mouth sometimes. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, it's like um, John, right? Because I know Daddy Workpig. I don't think I've actually met John. No, John, right? uh, yeah. Yes, hello. Nice to meet you. Okay. Thank you. Nice to meet you. So as John <laughs> mentioned, I'm putting together an anthology uh, for charity. So back in December, um, a good friend of ours, um, his sister, Bonnie, has she's had a lot of medical things for a long time. There was one time I even talked to her um Sorry, the uh, I need headphones. Sorry, the, the video is also playing across the room. The video is playing across the room, and it got like really trippy for a second. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Um, so, um, my friend's sister Bonnie, she has now. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. Um, Chiari malformation and Elrodoro syndrome. Uh, basically. Uh, what that means is they finally discovered that all her neurological problems, her, um, like, she, different, like, her gut wasn't able to, or stomach wasn't able to, like, digest things properly, wasn't moving properly. They, she's had a lot, like, for almost, like, six years all through her teens, she's had a lot of medical stuff to deal with. And um, in, at the end of 2018, they finally got an official um, diagnosis to really 
like find the cause of it all. And basically, for anyone that doesn't know the medical terms, her brother put it to me as she's got a hole in the base of her skull where her brain is kind of sliding out and her spine is weak. So her spine is stabbing her brain. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty intense stuff. Like she's she's only like 28. Um, her and her husband, um, she's like, she can't hardly do anything on her own. She's she's a very creative, very like loving, friendly woman. She loves baking and sewing and hiking, but with all the medical trouble and like loss, like getting numbness in her hands, there's a lot she isn't able to do. And so on March, we we started this project in December. Her brother approached me and he was like, Hey, I had this idea but I don't really know how to go forward with it of like you know, he doesn't just want to be like, oh, alms for the poor. I need money. I mean, she does need money. It's very expensive um, surgery. And they've gone into debt before her and her husband with other medical things that they've been able to work themselves out. But this is just, this is a lot um, to try and handle on one's own. So to help promote and get donations for Bonnie, we had the idea to make an anthology. Um, and so we entitled it Impossible Hope. And... It's, you know, all about stories of overcoming hard things or having hope in, in like, difficult situations. There's a lot of King Arthur stories, actually. <laughs> we have at least three of them. Um, and so we've been working on that uh, since the beginning of this year. And she had her surgery on March 13th over in Maine. They live in Kentucky, but I think, not Maine, sorry, Maryland. They had to go all the way to Maryland to get the surgery. And right now she's doing good, uh, slowly recovering. She's not really... It's, I think he said it's going to be like two years before everything's like really settled and she really like, um, I guess, can see the benefits. But I think she's already seeing some of them. Right now they're in the process of making sure the like, I think they had to put like uh, whatever rod, kind of part cyborg, put things in her back and her spine and her uh, skull to like get everything to hold in the right place and so it's in the process of like making sure all that connects together and the body doesn't reject it um but she's doing good um and this anthology is doing great as well we've got oh gosh what is it now i think it's 12 or 13 stories and we're at about sixty-one thousand words so i've got a lot of questions um if you guys have any questions jump in i'm just kind of relaying all the information i've got right now um so I've gotten a lot of questions over like the past couple days of like, oh, do you need more stories? And the answer is yes and no. Um, at this point, I think we have enough to like make a, a decent sized anthology. And I've still got a handful that I need to read or still deciding on. And so we have enough, um, but until I've like finally finished all the edits, I'm, I'm open to if anyone has any other good stories to send in to me. Um, if you have any questions or want to send a story, you can email me at impossiblehope for you, the number four, and then a you at gmail.com. Um, but if you, like, the really big thing you can do to help is if you want to help Bonnie and get all these awesome stories, I can go through and tell you about some of them in a second, is um, go to the GoFundMe, donate any amount of money. Um, we've had people donate $10. We had someone donate $1,000. Like, whatever you want, just any, anything helps, help share it, spread the word around is like the biggest thing you can do. Um, but for everyone that donates, um, as soon as the anthology's done, we'll be sending it out to them. Um, and I realized that I don't actually, I can't actually see all the emails from um, uh, the GoFundMe website, and but I can message them. And so when you donate, I'll send you a, a link to sign up to uh, the email list I made so I can easily update and send out the anthology. And it's pretty simple. There's a lot of really good stories. Um, John John C. Wright's in it. Ben Wheeler. Let's see who else I got. A lot, there's a good, I think, a good bit of variety in the stories as well. Um, That's great. For, for anybody curious who's, who's listening in, check out the YouTube show. I made sure that the link to the email list, and as well as that email you just gave us, those are in the show notes now, so everybody can oh, see them. The email, the email list I sent you is actually a different thing. <laughs> Um, that email list is to find out about the secret project I'm working on. That's a separate thing. But, you know, if you want to go follow that too, you'll get a free story. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> There's a ton of links. We've, we've got like six links. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The uh, Impossible Hope is the main thing I'm working on. Um, 
And then I've got some other side projects, like my my secret project, which will be my first solo book, because um, all the stories I have published right now are in anthologies, which, speaking of anthologies and submissions, Jupiter is almost ready to be out. Um, I think I sent that link as well. That'll take you to a blog post that has the uh, cool trailer that uh, Ben Switzy put together. And then you can also see the list. There's still quite a few anthologies of the planetary anthologies that need stories, like Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, and Sol. And so if you're curious on uh, looking at submissions, it's over on that link too, as well as the uh, cool trailer, which Jupiter also has one of my stories in it. I, I'm not familiar with that planetary anthology. I think we talked to John C. Wright about it before. Okay. Um, just like the whole general planetary anthology thing? I, I Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been... Gosh, it's been a minute uh, since we started it. There was a, a long delay for a while. Um, had to do with covers and some other stuff. But so the charity... Or, sorry, too many anthologies. Slow me down if I'm talking too fast. Um the planetary anthologies. Well, you are, you're, uh, you're, we, we, got, we got a whole hour for the show. Talk as, as much okay. or as soon as you want. Okay, thank you. Uh, so <laughs> the planetary anthologies. I'm like I, I'm like a, a train a train track that like goes yeah, we, five directions at once. That, no, that, that, <laughs> that's, that's how my brain okay. works. We, we we can we can wrangle if you want. I do want to. I want to go back to the anthology. Uh, that's really that's a really great thing that you're doing for your friend and and his wife. And, Thank and you. Oh, like my friend, my friend, and his sister. It's the sister, sister of my friend. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's great. I've I haven't got a chance to meet her, but I've talked to her on online. Actually, I was asking her questions like a while ago, thinking I was going to use it for a story, asking about what it's like living with um, the health issues she has. This was before she got the diagnosis for um, car the yeah unpronounceable yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she's really great. And I'm like, uh, her brother's constantly thanking me. I'm like, I really enjoy this. I enjoy getting, like, it's kind of a lot. I've got, um, like, sometimes I'll get a little bit behind and then catch up on the stories. And he's been great for editing them. So that's where we're at. We're basically in the, like, gathering up the rest of them, editing them. So it won't be too long. Um, and we'll are be putting it the, Are you doing all the editing yourself? Or have you, have you retained uh, an editor's uh, services for this? Uh, right now, it is just um, myself and my friend. Uh, I think I'll probably try and get someone else to look over it. Um, but I was waiting to cross that bridge once we got all the stories together. Hopefully, most of mo pretty much all of this has been volunteer work. Like the uh, my friend's aunt did the cover, which is really really pretty pretty cover. Um, and Josh, you volunteered to help me format it. And then once um, once it's all done, um, at some point, hopefully once we get Bonnie a good bit funded, uh, I'd like to publish it with Superversive Press and then have all the proceeds to that continue going to um, an organization working on research on this certain um, illness. Oh, that's a great point. Is there already uh, a a charity foundation for this yes. particular illness? Yes. Uh, let's see. If I, I have to go back to my blog post. Um, I know I linked them in the, I think, submission calls blog post. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, that one already uh, Yeah. Here. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send you that link real quick. Um, and so, yeah, that's our plan in the end once we've kind of helped Bonnie um, and sent out the anthology to everyone we'll publish it and have the proceeds continue um to go there let me just send you this link real quick Doo -doo -doo. you've got your first fan <clears throat> uh oh, you're i'm i'm about to be replaced according to john del Raz. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he's, hang, he, he's hanging out in chat he wants you to do the show from now on <gasps> yay oh i love john he's so sweet he's awesome we love having him on the show he once I was listening to him on a live stream and he called he said I rocked and I still remember that moment. <laughs> Thanks, John. You're the best. He's super helpful. Like people don't understand how like helpful and nice John is with all like I, I knew I knew him 
pretty much at the beginning, like right around the time he was kicked out of um, Baycon, I believe. I remember complimenting his the picture of his son on the Forbidden Thoughts live stream like two years ago. Oh, we've been friends since. <laughs> John, you got to get me on your show is what needs to happen. I want to come be on the lunch stream. I was, I was just about to say that's that's how I know that uh, that's how I'll know I've made it when he starts in, inviting us on the lunch stream. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So trying to keep like I have I have several things to talk about, so I'll try and work in sections. Um. So <laughs> any questions? Any more questions? Or um, I, on the charity anthology? Yeah. Well, keep us posted. I, I'd really like to see when you've got the the actual anthology firmed up, and then we can see you know, some story previews and things like that. Sure. Sort of I can actually, I, I could read, um, I've got little taglines um, for some of the stories. I can read you a few to give you an idea of like some of the stories that will be in the anthology. Like the, I've actually, I'm actually really proud of myself. I managed to get a short John C. Wright story. <laughs> That's not possible. It's only, it's no, it's a thousand words. Boy, it's a thousand word John C. Wright story, and it's awesome. That's great. It's very, it's a, it's a very John C. Wright kind of story too. Right. I think it kind of, kind of, it threw, um, it kind of shook my friend when he first read it, uh, because it has to do with like this. Uh, let's see, my tagline is, "What can an Earth girl bring to an alien world that is beyond what we'd call orderly?" I was pretty sure that John couldn't introduce himself in less than a thousand words <laughs> i think the title is longer than the story the title is a random world of delta capricorn aa also called shida or something he likes to make up words uh, and uh, actually that's, that's just like when when he, we had him on the show uh daddy warpig and i basically just muted our microphones and and just got a drink and, and let him run it yeah <laughs> See, I could do the same thing. Like, I could just keep talking and talking. Um, I take after him like that, but I, I try. I try and slow myself down sometimes. <laughs> Especially if I get really excited. Like, I kind of feel bad for normies when I start. Like, I like. There's been times at like dinner or something, and someone will be like, "Oh, so you write?" And I, I physically have to like bite my lip before my like face breaks in a smile that's too big. It scares them. Um, <laughs> So, oh, uh, I can read a couple of the other stories. Um, there's one called Do Something by Logan Lewis. He's a new author. Um, and it's, life is hard for a young wife in a quiet mountain village, even before things go terribly wrong. And this one's fun because the, um, the wife, the young wife in it, she's, she's kind of like Bonnie in that she has a lot of physical ailments that slow her down in her daily life. And so you sort of get a glimpse into that, um, as well as this like, really cool fantasy setting. And we've got, there's another really interesting one called Take My Breath Away. Where did it go? Um, it's by Sam L. Phillips. And it says, live through the eyes of a man whose life changed forever in one flaming moment based on a true story. That, that's when the story was sent to me. It said based on a true story. And it's written in, I guess it would be first person present. Um and so it's very different, but it does is kind of makes it eerie in a way, which is good, and kind of makes you feel like you're living in that moment and those struggles of if the flaming moment really relates to this story. Um, so that was like really interesting, different one. And then, like I said, we've got three different uh, Arthurian tales. Kind of there, there, there's like one that's like Arthur with mechs, um, and then there's. Excuse me. I'm in. That's it. Oh yeah, Sold. yeah. <laughs> well, it's technically King Arthur's a ghost in it, but like it's it's still it's still basically that. That one's fun. And then there's um, uh, Frank Luke, I believe. Uh, he did, uh, He has the Sam's. What is it? Oh, lose lose bar and grill, which is a little collection of stories. Um, and it's kind of like going off the seven deadly sins. Um, and it, it's, I think the premise is like the devil owns this little bar and grill and his name's Lou. Um, Superverse would put that one out, I think sometime last year. And so in the same kind of strand or same sort of say it setting, he has a, um, a carpenter, no, a, yeah, a carpenter, I believe 
no leather guy. I think he's a leather guy. Someone, some, some, some like trade guy, um, who gets tricked into um, taking a deal with the devil. At first, he doesn't want to because he'll lose the lady he loves, but then he's kind of forced into it to try and save someone else's life. Um, that one's a lot nice, long, nice long one, but that one's fun. Um, and I think there's a couple sci-fi. They tend to be kind of fantasy sci-fi. Oh, and some. Um, there's one called Battle Buddy, which is a really touching one about a uh, a veteran lady. Uh, struggling with life after serving and like she's it's hard not to give too much away because it's but it's cool I like it Um, I don't want to say too much about it because it's there's kind of like a delicate thread that you realize at the end I don't want to give away too much but yeah no no no, it sounds great it sounds great yeah so So, um... yeah there's there's a lot of really fun stories Go ahead. It's My a brain is fried. You did it. You you completely. This is your fault. Wait. What Look happened? Look what you've done to Daddy Warpig. His his brain is fried. Oh no! I'm sorry. Should I turn my hotness down? <laughs> you're uh, you're 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 right though. You just you, you there's so many things that you're excited about, and it's pretty infectious. Unfortunately, you have the opposite effect on Daddy Warpig. He's <laughs> putting him to sleep. No, I'm stealing his energy. Is what hap- is happening? He put yeah, all but... his energy into the big introduction, and now he he's got to take a nap. It's okay. I'll talk for both of us. I can talk like Daddy Warpig. No, I can't. Never mind. I'm gonna stop now. See, this is yeah, what happens when I, my mouth opens. Strange things come out. Yeah, I I tried to in, impersonate Daddy Warpig a couple of times. It doesn't work. <laughs> Pretty yeah. <laughs> I had an this is Daddy Warpig on Geek Gab, March 30th, 2019. There we go. I had an editor once who, who like edited one of my pieces to add something in, in a sentence that he thought needed to be there. And then after the story was published, he looked at it. Uh, this is a, a, an opinion column, not a fiction story. Um, he looked at it and said, I'm never doing that again. I'm never editing you again like that. <laughs> it was like I could tell the you don't, you don't you don't have enough you don't have enough he doesn't have enough all caps energy to like properly impersonate you. He could tell the instant when it stopped being my writing and became his and then became my writing again. He's like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So everyone listening. Be awesome. Go donate a dollar or ten or a hundred to Bonnie and get all these awesome stories. They're really great. It's a great like it's a great lineup. I'm, I, like I said, I've had a lot of fun putting this together because, like, it, it's very great. Like, I love being able to help and I love being able to like give something. You know, donate a bit of money and you get this cool collection of stories. Why not? What can you lose? You can't. You lose money, but you gain so much more than money, and you don't really lose it because it helps someone else. So, win win for everyone. So go go donate, and then make sure when I send you the um, link after you donate, go sign up for the, uh, just put your email and your name in so I can make sure I have a good way of sending the story to you. It'll be through email. That's great. Now, you mentioned that you had a bunch of other stuff going on, like your own personal projects going on. Yes. What's, oh, what, um, that's what I was trying mind? to do when my brain shut down. <laughs> I was trying to ask that question, and my brain said, no, screw it. You're dead. (laughs) I don't even care how simple the question is. You are not putting it out on the air. I'm like, okay. I wish my brain would do that sometimes because – okay. So, um, yeah, I'll talk about – I've been calling it my secret project. I'll give you one hint. It's called Mary May and the Nightmare Man. And um, I wrote this story – oh, gosh – like when I was 15 or was it 2015? I don't know. It was something like that. I was in my teens. Um, it was right after I was like working on my, my one novel when I like, when I, you know, when you first start writing and you're working on your one novel um, or series of novels, I'll like, I'll eventually get back to that. Um, so but... your name is a M and the story mm-hmm. is Mary may. And uh, it takes place during the month of June. Is that what? Is that it's, what I'm, oh, it's a calendar joke. Ah uh, ha ha! 
Yay, also, yay. Looking forward to um, the most confusing month of the year for me in, uh, what is it, like two days? Y'all yeah. don't know the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yes, Mary Man the Nightmare Man. I wrote it a while ago. I had been working on my novel, and then my file corrupted, and the like all the edits I had done, and like ten pages of work disappeared. And I still had like the story in a different file that I hadn't like. It, it was a very very traumatic moment in my writing life. Oh no! And to help to help me out of this dark time. It taught me a lesson: always save my work. But after like I needed to write something, and but I I didn't have the courage to go back to that, and so. One of the things I wrote was Mary Man the Nightmare Man, which I realized like a couple like a month ago when I was looking back that I originally wrote Mary Man the Nightmare Man to go into like a Bane book contest. And I was like, okay, I gotta write this great story for the Bane book contest. And I looked up the like periodical table of awesome and picked like pirates and mechanical things and stuff explosions and stuff like that and put it like just threw it in as I was writing this crazy little story. Um, about a little girl named Mary May and her imaginary friend. And I love it. It's so much fun. And it's it gets, like, I feel like it's, it's the most subversive book I've written, I think. Um, and it's hard to, like, pin a genre or a target audience on it, but I imagine um, it's about 11,000 words, I think. Um, and so it's kind of like a little novella, um, and it's not particularly written for, like, like school grade reading it's not like crazy language but it's just you know normal normal writing um so i imagine as like some sort of book to like read your kids like over a couple nights of them going to bed um and things like that so i've always loved it she's mary may's probably one of my favorite characters um but there was one thing stopping me i wanted pictures with it i really really wanted pictures with it like it's just the kind of book that begs for pictures and um so my secret project um is kind of like ba basically i'm gearing up for a kickstarter um to cover the uh the pictures for it i've teamed up with a local artist near me um and we're already we're already working on the character designs some of the pictures and so the email list that i had sent john is to sign up for that stay updated and you get to see some of the character sketches and a little bit of an introduction for like Waldo, the pirates, uh, the noble pirates and the um, nightmare man. So if you want to go sign up for that, you'll get a fr my free Venus um, book, like my story that was in Venus and you'll get to see um, the character sketches and learn a little bit more. But yeah, I'm excited because I'll be my first like solo thing um, aside from the anthologies. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, doing a Kickstarter is a lot, so I'm doing a lot of research and trying to like get a really good foundation before I launch it. But I can definitely hit you guys up when I'm ready for that and come and like rant and squee about how excited I am because Mary May's awesome because she's like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Okay, I'm gonna calm down. Um, <laughs> she's just yeah, awesome. she's the best. <laughs> what was that? We'd love we'd love to have you on for that for that. Maybe. Ooh, I love her. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated when I'm getting ready to launch. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. That's my secret project. I'm hoping the word secret gets people more interested <laughs> to follow. But um, that, that's the basics of it. And then the other thing uh, that will be coming out very soon is um, I'll, talk, I'll take a second to talk about the planetary anthologies. Uh, for anyone that doesn't isn't familiar with them, um, it's a little crazy project that uh, us Superversives came up with, where we wanted to have a series of anthologies, each one named after a planet, and each book um, having stories based on the theme of that planet. So it could be a story about like the physical planet, um, it could be a story about the goddess or god of the planet, it could be one about just the theme, like, you know, for Venus was love, for Jupiter it's like power and fatherhood and leadership. Um, so that's kind of the, the premise of it. And we have Earth, Venus, which Jaji and I edited, Mars, and um, Mercury out. And then there were, we wanted to release them kind of in succession, but there was, there, was, there were several technical difficulties and things that happened to delay it. But now we're back on track, and we've got Jupiter coming out. Um, and if anyone would like to submit, um, there's still... Lots of openings in Saturn, which the theme for Saturn is um, 
uh, like time travel in a way, like new beginnings and like time is kind of its theme. Although um, the editor was saying that a lot of the stories seemed kind of, uh, he had, he, there was, there was a lot of stories that were just too like slow or like just kind of focused on one thing instead of like using the like liberty of like time traveler. Um, so think of something creative for Saturn, if you like. My story for Saturn is a um, a, a girl who grows up, who like spends her life on the um, uh, shepherd moon Pan, gardening the rings of Saturn. That's my story. And it's in journal entries. Uh, and then there's also openings in Neptune, which is, I'm pretty sure that one's like high sea adventures is kind of the theme. Um, but you can do fantasy, sci-fi, um, anything that kind of ties in with the theme of the planet, the god or goddess, or just the theme in general. Um, and you can always, like, um, I think there's, there should be more detailed submission, um, posts for each one of those, and you can always email the editor and ask if, like, a certain kind of story might fit. And then there's also Uranus. We gotta have, you know, some things to put in Uranus. Stories, I mean. And, uh, that one, oh gosh, what was that one again? Um. Oh, I'm blanking. Oh, that was it. Did you guys just stop at the joke and just? All right, that, we don't know the theme. <laughs> no, I know it has. It has. Oh gosh, I can't remember the theme. Um. Uh, oh, I know what I wrote for it. Um. Oh gosh. That's the. That's the only oh, one. Diamond. I, don't, I think I don't it's like diamonds, it. maybe. Something. Like, I, don't, oh, gosh, I, I don't recall who's the who's who's the god there. Uranus wasn't that a titan? Saturn. Saturn. Saturn was a titan. Yeah, oh, I'm trying to. I think it had. Oh, I think it had to do with royalty, maybe Uranus, royalty. Um, I have. To, I can't remember. I'm blanking. Um, and then there's Soul. Actually, wait, no. Soul was the one that had to do with like royalty or um, not righteousness, but like grandeur. I think. Um, I will. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll go back and post in the comments of this video to more specific. That Uranus was also known as Cronus, who mm -hmm. was uh, one of the original Titans who gave birth to the ah. That's it. New birth. Earth. That's yeah. right. Okay. No, okay. Okay. I, okay. Okay. That makes sense because my story was like, re like okay. So within this whole pl crazy planetary anthology thing, I had the crazy idea that I was going to write a story for each of them, and each story would be intertwined on this like three thousand year timeline. And the way I did it was having the uh, grandson of Alan Shepard be like, like the, his his descendants being like my main or protagonist. And then um, Yuri Gargarian was kind of the family line of my antagonists in a way. Uh, so the kind of start of my timeline starts with the uh, story in Earth where it's the grandsons of those two racing to Mars and having like a fist fight. And... Um, and it just kind of, it, yeah, I came up with this whole crazy idea. They all kind of intertwine where it's like, you know, in Neptune, the like journal that the boy was keeping later shows up in Mercury and helps like, is like a pivotal point to help the guy figure out a problem. And uh, the only, I still, I just got to write soul and that's the last one, but they're like, all my crazy stories are all intertwined, but still standalone. Um, where was I going with that? That's just for the anthology though, that, uh, the Mary May one's yeah. not interesting. Yeah, Mary May's a anthology. yeah no Mary May's a separate one. This is all just for the planetary anthologies. Um, but so yeah, Jupiter should be releasing soon. Um, I sent John a link so you can go to the blog post that has a cool little promo video um, and shows the cool artwork for the cover. Uh, so I'm not sure how soon, but probably pretty soon. Um, and we should be a little more back on track to getting these rolling out again. There's there's a lot of fun ones like the I haven't read the all the ones in the other books but for Venus um, since Jaja and I worked on it together I know there's a good variety there's like a cat in space there's like a detective werewolf helping out some vampires there's like fantasy there's sci-fi most of them have like a really cool range of stories um, so if you're someone that likes anthologies where it's like you want to have something to read but you don't have time to invest in the long story those are great. So um, that's planetary. I want to back up a bit. Uranus is actually Cronus's father. 
So he's the grandfather of uh, Zeus. Awesome. I'm going to back up even more and remember why I started talking about my the timelines is because since Uranus, I think the theme is New Beginnings, I have the two sort of um, paralleling uh, bickering t uh, family lines get married on Uranus. All I hear is, is I know it's juvenile, but all I hear is, is want, 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 want Uranus. Want, 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 want Uranus. It's such an unfortunate name. I'm pretty sure. I know I know. I had to slip in a couple of jokes. I, for, I forget which ones or where, but I know I slipped in some jokes in that story. Because it's like the, uh, so they're going to get married and they get teleported to some other planet and have to like, they're kind of bickering together and they probably like insult each other. Or they don't mean to insult each other, but. To us, it sounds like they do because of the names. Aren't we allowed to pronounce it Uranus? Can't we just... Yeah, that's another pronunciation. That's the one I use, Uranus. That one sounds even grosser. It's Yeah, it's not any better. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, oh, I also... One of my other favorite stories um, is my one for Pluto, which is a courtroom scene arguing whether Pluto is a planet or not because Neptune is trying to take jurisdiction so it can collect taxes from Pluto. <laughs> so what's, what's the is, is is this a uh, there, you have planet? to you have to read it there's actually a because oh gosh the the actual debate about it is it's really it's like there's no real easy answer because it's like okay you have like three things to be a planet and one like one for example you got to clear your like orbiting area um but some people argue with even like if earth was since um where Pluto is, since it's near the asteroid belt, that even Earth wouldn't be able to clear it. So there, there's there's a lot of fuzz and a lot like there. It's a really interesting debate. I kind of enjoyed researching that. And so at the end of my story, actually kind of has a little twist at it. Um, so you'll have to read it when it comes out to find out what they do or what the verdict is. <laughs> but um, it was it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's the planetary. Um. The, all those, like, I, I pretty much have stories in pretty much all of them. If they have been confirmed, uh, I've at least sent them. Um, and I think the only other main, like, other thing I have going on is I'm trying to, like, build my Instagram. And so I'm having a book giveaway on it where um, I had this crazy idea that I could totally reach 2,000 followers in two months because I realized it was... March 22nd, and that means in two months, it'll be two years since I was on Instagram, so I should give away two books for 2,000 followers. Um, and <laughs> so if you go to my Instagram and follow me and like my post, then uh, you can be in my um, drawing for a copy of Forbidden Thoughts and for the Venus Anthology. And if you want to get more entries, you can also like share it and comment or tag a friend on it. Um, but I think I think that's all my main main things I have going on. Biggest one is the charity anthology. Um, Jupiter's coming out, which is exciting. And then I'm slowly getting everything together for uh, launching my uh, Kickstarter to fund the pictures for um, Mary May and the Nightmare Man, which is going to be really fun. I love the um, the artist's name is uh, I think it's Jay. I, I'm really bad at saying her name. Jessalyn uh, K something or other. I could link to her. I'll probably link to her in the comments. She's really cool, though. Um, and she does some, like, her style fits really well, so I'm super excited. Right, you, well, you got a lot on your plate, keeping yourself busy, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for also, better or worse. You'd also asked about Alita Battle Angel before we started the show. Yeah, I've, uh, let's, I'm let's, trying to, yeah. yeah. I wrote a review. I haven't put it on my blog yet. I have a long review that I wrote since I'm going to try and start sticking up reviews of things I've watched. But, oh, yeah. Love Battle Angel. She's just like... I have a bunch of uh, green tea cans that have her on it. I didn't even realize she was on the green tea can until later. But I have a bunch of them now because they look really cool and it's good green tea. Which is besides the point that the movie was really awesome. Yeah. What did you think, Daddy Warpick? I quite enjoyed the movie. Um... There are a couple of things that kind of confused me because they weren't set up earlier. Um, when Alita acts like the uh, bounty hunters in the city are, um, I mean, they're almost Ruja, right? They're almost uh, Knights Errant-like. 
they have this big reputation for defending people, and then they have this rigid code of honor. Um, that's what she acts like they are, but there wasn't anything done earlier in the movie to explain that. It just kind of came out of out of nowhere. Because um, if they had set that up that that was the expectation, and then she went in expecting that, and then what happened happened, that would have been a much, much better kind of twist. Uh, so... Yeah. I wonder if she perceived like her father or like you know Ida. Um, I wonder if yeah, th there wasn't any explicit like setup of like oh these people have the code of honor and are cool. But I, right, I, I I don't know if I had that reaction. For me, I guess um, her like like being told oh those guys are like kind of the police guys earlier from the boy character, and then being like oh well Ida, my father kind of guy, is you know doing this to help people so for me that was enough to kind of get the impression of why she thought that um but that's just a that is a flaw but it's not a fatal flaw and it's not indicative of deep problems in the movie from my opinion i enjoyed a lot of the movie obviously um the movie was uh directed by robert rodriguez um and he's done a lot of great films like desperado um from Dusk Till Dawn, which is an entertaining vampire movie. He did, I believe, Planet Terror in that Grindhouse uh, duology with Quentin Tarantino uh, and Death Proof. Um, so, and he did the Spy Kids movies. So he, <laughs> he's done a lot of different things in a lot of different um genres and he he's a good solid director he's hard working he puts it out there he used special effects obviously because you needed to but they uh they weren't overused i mean he didn't seem to use special effects just because he was too lazy to do something practically um and alita herself was not as freaky as she had been in the earlier trailers um so they, i'm pretty sure that they actually tweaked it before it went yeah. to screen um which helped and then once you're watching it you're pretty immersed in the movie you're, you're talking about the also, giant android eyes yes yeah, yeah first, kind of also there's been no change there's five of you watching i should see at least five new dollars at least on the gofundme go 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 slack go now go get them stories you got john c right in here you got ben wheeler you got Ben Stevens, all their like new upcoming authors. You got like a bunch of other cool stories. Go do it. Seriously, so, uh, I really enjoyed. You guys mentioned this uh, before the show as well. How about that brutal, brutal violence in a PG thirteen flick? The them being robots kind of help, but for for me at least, which I may I don't know maybe if I'm just more sensitive or don't watch as many action things, there were still some moments where I was just like, yikes, like one guy's head getting crushed in like the blades of a thing stuff like that it was pretty good but it was definitely intense it was intense but at least it was like gory like uh, yeah i could i could see a, a a mature teenager going to the film like you know a, a boy going yeah awesome violence but then someone a little less mature maybe a little squeamish maybe maybe that's not the best place for a teenager yeah that that's what i would say if it's like you know, if it's your if you're a parent trying to decide, like you know your kid, so like kind of gauge if it's like if they'd be a little turned off even just by like because it is really intense, especially when you're watching, especially if you watch it on like IMAX or something, which is definitely worth doing. Um, so yeah, I would just kind of judge like it's not anyone if anyone's like super squeamish, probably not see it in the theaters, um, but like it, it's intense, but it's it's good. It's not like too, like in your face, like gorgeous and that and violence. But it is. I would just say it's really, really intense. It's yeah. The the violence parts are really intense, but it's over the top. It is cyborg. The battles are great. Part. They're really good. Like they're intense, but they're really good. Like it's not pointless. It's all. Re it's like dancing. It's like dancing with body parts going everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah, I uh, I wasn't. None of the violence phased me. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. The fight scenes were well done. Uh, all the characters, all the actors in it, did a, a phenomenal job. Um, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you short right there. The, the, the kid they had playing the, the boy Hugo, 
that was that was not an inspired performance. I was uh, I was I was groaning and rolling my eyes through the entire romance subplot. I I I wasn't groaning, but I, like. I kind of get what you mean, though. It's he just seemed like a teenage boy to me. Like he didn't seem like oh the one or anything, which makes like I kind of like in a way though because it's like okay they're teenagers and she also acts like a teenager, which I love. She actually has like emotions and like you know acts like a teenager and also like also has reasons to be a badass, but also like acts like a human even though she's an android. But anyway, yeah, I'm kind of I can kind of get that with the subplot. I wasn't too sad when he died. I'll say that. <laughs> no, no. I was spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> I was laughing. Yes, spoilers. I was laughing. That was literally the funniest moment of the whole okay, film. Okay, that's a bit brutal. I that's was brutal. I was. Uh, maybe it was the animation. Maybe it was the stupid look on his I face. Think... I didn't have any particular antipathies towards the kid. Or, I liked or the it. I liked it because it made like I. I could more relate. Like. Alita liked him, so, like, kind of through Alita, like, I didn't mind him much, and so when he, like, you know, uh, like, the fire in her, I enjoyed seeing the, like, cold determination. Also, for a split second, um, I guess more spoilers alert, um, I guess if we're talking about the movie, people would know anyway, though, but, um, like, at the end, when it's, like, skips the, like, whatever months, how many months it was, I half expected her to have, like, been in hiding, and then it's, like, suddenly she's at the top and, like, you know, everyone's chanting her name, and she's like dominated the motorball. I was just like, "Oh, okay, well, yeah, no, my that was not what I was expecting." Yeah. Oh, oh and also when um, is it Sharon, the ex-wife? I I I don't recall her name. The Jennifer um, Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. That's yeah. what I recall. <laughs> so, it's uh, when when you like have the realization of what it takes to like get up to the top, like you know, get out of the city. And they like reveal that. I was like, oh my gosh. Yikes, man. Yikes. That is brutal. That is pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, Nova needs to die. Yeah. And, and but the, I just watched a rev- another review of the film uh, by E semicolon R. He just put a review up on YouTube. I highly recommend y'all listen to that when you get a chance. And, and he made a great point that didn't really uh, occur to me while I was watching it was that. Nova and his has the power and ability basically to capture or destroy Alita at any time. So especially at the end there when when she's you know when she's not in hiding or when you realize what Nova can do to get someone up there with him, you kind of go, yeah, he's he does seem a little overpowered. I I, I wonder how they're going to get around that. Mm. But when you're watching the film, it. It doesn't occur to you at all. You're just like, this yeah, is awesome. It's, yeah, it's he's. I think they did like I like the um the conflict and like the villains they had in this one, um with the her having to fight um the one like cyborg guy and both the time like getting stronger each time, uh like when she fell to pieces during that one scene, I was like, oh she's gonna do it, and then she didn't. Oh that scene that scene was great, but um I, I like that 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 kind of dynamic and setup of the sort of three main guys and the ambiguous boy child. Um, and I think it it set it up well for, like, the next, um, like, going on to uh, Nova. Of like, okay, here's these bad guys, and then uh, here's kind of a reveal and some hints and some questions and a few answers. So, and now stay tuned for the next movie. <laughs> I love how they set it up, but frankly, it was, and they obviously set up a, a continuing thing. Like, spoiler, she doesn't kill Nova. But but Nova was just sort of the background excuse for all the things that happened. If they never made another film, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I I I, w- I would enjoy to see the story of her taking down the city. But also, uh, I I was satisfied with the story they told. I I need to see one. <laughs> I need to see the next one. I I wish I could have seen my face when the movie did end because it felt like it was in a very funny expression just because I was in shock. Um, that it ended there, uh, but after a second, I was like, "Okay, no, that's that seems like the like a good spot and a good way to like end it for now." <laughs> but I need the next one. Yeah, and 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 fans loved it. Oh yeah, uh, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a great movie, but it was a great popcorn. And it, it, okay, okay, and I'll, I'll like I find it's funny that right before 
Captain Marvel was released that this movie was released. And it, in a way, they're sort of the same. It's, you know, a badass female character in sci-fi or something setting. Like, on a sort of base level, they're very similar films. But the marketing was so different. It's kind of, it's like the basic show don't tell where it's like, Captain Marvel's marketing was like, look at this, she's like the female, and she's strong, and no one else has been strong but her, which of course insults lots of fans, because there's been lots of good females, but you know, you need to see this, otherwise you hate women, and um, then Alita just showed you that it's like, hey, there's this cool cyborg girl, she's cool, she's feminine, she can kick butt, and it's gonna be a cool film, and you're gonna enjoy it, and I think, uh, I haven't read the manga, or watched the, um, anime yet but from what i can tell it seems to hold true um or like it's a fan of its own source material um so it doesn't try and like push any westernization in it um and it makes and for people that aren't familiar with the source material it it doesn't have there's no like like it's easy to get into like there's no sort of like barrier between like people that know it and people that don't for as far as like getting in and enjoying the movie yeah you're right i i I watched the anime a long time ago and uh it was long enough ago that i didn't really have any uh i didn't remember many of the details except for rocket hammer Uh, that's (laughs) yeah my husband watched it and from what he said um they took a lot from the anime and just made the people like the characters slightly better people in the actual movie like um the boy character i can't hugo is an easy name to remember um like instead of taking out people's spines and killing them he's just taking arms off if i that that's that's secondhand knowledge but as far as i can tell yeah yeah of course anybody who's who's actually seen the uh you know a fan of the anime or or read the manga has already seen it a couple of times already so yeah also uh i i just want to say again that i love that alita acts like a teenager like she's impulsive at times, like you know, taking out her heart or going to take on the um, all the people. Like in story, it makes sense that she's really advanced now. Why the Martians had teenage girls as their fighting force, I'm not really sure. But in story or in context, it makes sense that she's got this ability. Um, but she's also a teenager and acts like a teenager and like someone with emotions. And um, also the fact that it had. The, I like the father-daughter setup because we don't hardly ever have nice, like, father figures in um, Hollywood movies. And a lot of times you don't have great father-daughter relationships. And so this one was a nice, like, you know, they had they weren't all peachy fuzzy, but they were, like, a sincere, like, dynamic of father-daughter mutual love and respect. Yeah, that's true. All right, we are. We're almost out of time. Almost out of time. Um, nice bye. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. Go donate. Any... Go donate and get some books and some thanks. stories. I'm gonna check. I'm watching you guys. Have you donated yet? <sighs> unless it hasn't lo- unless it hasn't come through yet. I'm disappointed. It's still it's still only at two thousand five hundred and ten dollars. Like, come on, guys. You get You're stories. It. Just donate two bucks. Two bucks is all I ask. Hey, remember earlier in the show when I, I stepped away from the keyboard for a minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't to donate. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sad face. You should go fix yourself. <laughs> <laughs> fix yourself before you wreck yourself, son. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, before before Daddy Warpig sends us <laughs> off with, with his glorious, uh, glorious uh, uh, outro, I just wanted to mention uh, one other friend of the show, uh, Adam Lane Smith, just released his latest book, Maxwell Kane Burrito Avenger. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and we're going to have him next week. Same geek time, same geek place. So I'm really excited for that. All right, folks. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in live. Uh, we want to thank uh, um, Cowgirl for coming on the show. Ooh. <laughs> um, I'll do Invite me on and I'll do some dancing next time. <laughs> nice. I'll do it. So um, once we once I get my Kickstarter and we fund it, I'll do a, a special dance for it. So everyone can look forward to that. Also, uh, Darnell was right. I was saving one final surprise for the end of the show. And that is this. that Not only is today the 29th 
anniversary of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being released in the theater. It is also the 31st anniversary of Beetlejuice being released in the theater. So happy TMNT Day and happy Beetlejuice Day. Um, this has been Geek Gab. We are available on SoundCloud.com. We are also available on the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store and, of course, on YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. Just do a search for Geek Gab, and you'll be able to subscribe to this show in any of, uh, format you want on any device that you want. And uh, if you want to come and listen live, you get to participate with the intelligent and awesome people in our audience. Um, this has been Geek Gab, your Saturday, March 30th, 2019. We are leaving you for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.